Princess Tegan Wu. We're three friends and a pup, popping movie cherries and falling down fandom rabbit holes with comical social commentary. Each movie we watch and review, at least one of us has never seen, while the others sass, snack, squeal, and snuggle Tegan. Hey guys, and welcome back to the second installment of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, hope you enjoy this next section. So last time we left off with Brie revealing her story about um, having a piece of the Berlin Wall. And now we're just jumping right back into um, our initial takes of the movie and how German politics kind of played into some stuff. So hope you guys enjoy. Get after it. I mean, obviously, I had very few ideas about this uh, film or story coming into it at all. But yeah, the role that, uh, yeah, the Berlin Wall and, like, German politics would play in this situation. It's very interesting. I was like, whoa, all right, like, take me back, like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. was that sophomore year of high school? I was like, okay, yeah, okay, yep, mm -hmm. mm-hmm, we're in Germany, got it, got it. (laughs) Yep, that's, yeah. I love the, I mean, I think that the... When we meet Hansel, mm-hmm. in you know, yeah. like when he's just delivered his thesis about you can't always get what you want. <laughs> That's <laughs> my favorite pun. Oh my god, <laughs> so amazing. magical! I mean, from like I think oh. from the Menzies Fair, from like the start of the oh. Menzies Fair <laughs> to like the end of Sugar Daddy is like. That is my favorite chunk of the it's movie. It's pretty gold. <laughs> Mainly it's, because yeah. there's so many like puns that so, they fully leaned into oh, and like wow. puns brought to life. Puns. puns on puns on puns on puns. Great. I love and like it too. the delivery of it all was so magical, you know, like the It's so dry and I love that. Right? It's so deadpan. <laughs> yes, exactly. I really exactly. I mean throughout the time that I like really realized this movie and like loved it, I you know, like, all of these lines are what goes through my head, like, on a constant basis, you know, like, <laughs> my god, I deserved a break today. <laughs> and then it's, like, McDonald's, uh, and, like, yeah. the whole sugar yeah. daddy, I, as I told you when we were recording, like, I used to have that on my outgoing voicemail, and, like, ex-girlfriends hated it. <laughs> Tough titties. I just thought it was the best, and I was like, how could you not love this? How could you... Yeah, you did send us a gift from that scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. beforehand. It's, it's car a car wash! It's a car wash, ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, which also brings me to what did you think about the village water terms? Oh, like the all the places you that they were. You can play anywhere in. at village waters. 
nationwide with a 24-hour notice. That was oh, the terms that Phyllis, gosh. their agent, was, like, on the phone getting. Also, God bless Phyllis. Like... <laughs> Andrea Martin, huge, huge fan. That's a, yeah. I feel like Phyllis and, um... Amy Poehler's character in Mean Girls, Regina George's mom, like, should hang out, should get, like, like yeah, they'd get along. skinny, like, yeah, Long skinny. Island iced teas, yes. and, like, <laughs> talk Dish. about, yeah, and I've talk got about this transsexual this. bitch, and I've got this bitchy-ass daughter. This actual bitch daughter. No, yeah. but, like, yeah, she was, she was recording that, I mean, I couldn't. She was It was amazing. a lot, and it was great. Yeah. Loved every minute of it. Again, like, was it, like, a it reminded me of, like, an Applebee's or a TGI yeah, Friday's. Yeah, I think that was kind of the vibe. Yeah. yeah. But it was, you know, like, so ultimately yeah. they were going under, mm-hmm. so that's why they're, like, we know what kind of music you play, and then at the, where, you know, the Angry Inch song comes out, and the whole fucking Village Waters just erupts into this fren- frenzy of, like, <laughs> everyone enacting their worst, like, desires. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Like, total... Yeah, just a complete crumbling of, of like, society, so- society around her. <laughs> yeah, because she's talking about her angry inch. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, yeah, can you explain more about that, I guess? So, I, I, I get that the, the 24-hour notice thing, but so... What was going out of business? What happened? I, I so kind of got lost in that Village a bit. Waters, which was the chain. The restaurant chain. Okay, okay. Similar to, like, a TGI Friday kind of deal, but they were, like, going under. Okay. And so Phyllis had, like, talked on the phone with, you know, them, and, like, yeah. they were like, yeah, give us 24 hours notice, and we can play at any nationwide Village Waters. And she's like, and they know what kind of music we play? Yeah. <laughs> they're and like, we yeah. don't care. We're they're going like, out. Is, like, we're going down. Right. The ship, you know. Okay, got you. That makes, okay, that makes a lot Which more sense now. Which also allowed them to, like, follow Homeboy. Home, yeah. So they were, like, are shadowing him the whole time. Right. Yep. Trying yeah. to, you know, make people realize that actually he is a plagiarist. But, you know, it doesn't come out until the... Right. Like, she gets the Rosie confirmed. show. And then, yeah. so actually, the Rosie O'Donnell show footage is real. Yeah. And there was a lot of controversy. Over... I was like, holy shit, Rosie O'Donnell's <laughs> up in here. All yeah. right. Rosie was like a supporter. Yeah. Fan, that's awesome. And it was a huge controversy to have a drag queen actually on daytime TV. Of course it was. And Rosie's like, nope, this is happening. Miss. Deal with it, everyone. What up, Rosie O'Donnell? Nice. Also a collager. She does a lot of collage work. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, Rosie. There's a Martha Stewart, Rosie O'Donnell, 80s collaging tutorial video. Stop it's it. Delightful. I What? What? And Martha Stewart <laughs> is like, How do what you know do this? Rosie O'Donnell and Marie Antoinette have in common? Oh my God. After the commercial break. And then it's, they were both decoupagers. Col- decoupagers. That's. Guys, I need to, like, let you know that, like, Brie is full of, like, these types of tidbits from, like, the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, she she brings it. She brings Mm -hmm. it to the table. I tell you what. Um, Anything you never wanted to know, but now we'll know. But now you do. Um, I love it. Delightful. Also, I really loved how, and I, I enjoy this in, like, as a trait in, like, performers in general, but, like... Yeah, like Hedwig treats all of those shows at the like 
dying mm-hmm. wannabe Applebee's. Like, she's like at Madison full Square Garden. On yes. Even when there's like 100%. a salad bar in front of her. Walk on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Just like. I I could not get over the salad bar. I was like. <laughs> it's like there's, there's literally a salad bar right behind her while she's singing this song mm-hmm. about her angry inch. Oh my god. Yeah, and she just yeah. like. <laughs> does it like is unapologetic about who she is like she doesn't like tone herself down for anybody she sure don't and i know that is she's not reading that room but she doesn't need to she she doesn't need to i feel like she does read the room but she just doesn't care she's like yeah i like you are blessed to be in my presence right (laughs) now yeah i would be like this is the most amazing moment (laughs) i've never been so happy to be in an applebee's right yeah (laughs) yeah she like does not even She's not phased at all when somebody drops an F bomb at her, and I mm-hmm. was like, "Man, she's just going for it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she don't care. Um, she, she beautiful. You know, and think about how headheads like <laughs> found her because there was no social media at the time, right? right? This is like early 2000s. Very true. <laughs> they, you know, they had to like just do recon, kind of roll like, up, pen yeah. pals, or aimed each other, and were like, "They definitely hey. aimed." Have you seen this? Go to the, your nearest Village Waters. Yeah. That's on the Tominosis so tour. And the foam, like, hair yeah. mimicking oh, yeah. hers. Yeah. Her, like... That was hilarious, and I loved yeah. it. What great merch. Right? I, I keep I'm, thinking I about how to make yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> can you foam place? hands? Yeah. I want to get, like... Because you can custom make that kind of thing, so I'm going to look into it. But yes, I did also do. see something on John Cameron Mitchell's, like, Instagram about somebody... Not, I don't know what it was, but he might be hot on the plagiarism. Uh, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Outlet. So, but, you know, I did also look for merch, and there wasn't a lot of options. So I'm like, well, can I make my own? And then, yeah, there you if go. If you don't sell it, right? It's just, you just enjoy. Maybe it can be a Patreon perk. There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Actually, speaking of this, I have a question about who did the fashion for this and who did yeah. makeup. So costumes were by Arian Phillips. Okay. Um, Mike Potter did hair and makeup with nice. like a couple assistants. Mm-hmm. That shit was on point. Yeah. Really Excellent. phenomenal. It's very cool. Excellent. I I mean, just such iconic stuff. They, did they get any? A claim for this at all? Probably um, not, I they were there was uh, some nominations. I think the Broadway show ended up winning like a Tony or two. Okay. Um, but the the film itself, while like pretty well received at Sundance when it came out, it kind of you know it was like not on people's radar other than as being like a cult classic and like mm-hmm. gotcha. know, people like Bowie endorsed it and all that stuff and it did. We've gotten nominated for all the awards and won all, <laughs> and the, awards. Won all the awards. Especially at that time, you know? That was right. like, whatever. Um, so what do you think about Hedwig's like quest to find her other half? Their other half. I think the, yeah, the other half, I don't know if I'd even call it a trip, but the other half, like, I don't know, uh, I mean, it's like that soulmate thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm but not like, a big what soulmate do you person, think, but <laughs> like Hedwig in the end, in the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I love the scene, the very end scene when she's walking naked mm-hmm. down 
but because I, I do feel like part of this story is her coming to this conclusion that you know she I mean yes she is a trans woman but like she well I think she was kind of forced into that role right. and I think so, she at the end I think she's more acknowledging like she doesn't just have to be that role and that persona that she kind of embodies when she's on stage um that she's more than that and that is she's a she's bigger than that and I liked the scene where she's walking naked down that alleyway and I also said this while we were watching it but I think that shot of the elongated shadow behind mm-hmm. her um as she's walking naked down the alleyway um and then you know she definitely goes into a street and there's people walking back and forth and absolutely no one acknowledges <laughs> that, right. that there's like a naked person just like walking down the street um so I think that's interesting as well and I don't totally under you know know what the intent and meaning behind that was, but I think that it's about her coming into this realization that she can be what she wants to be, that she does not have to give up her personhood in order to be a star, and she can she can be a star, and and be Hedwig without you know having to kind of play a role, if that makes sense. She can just be right. who she is. Well, and also, the right, the shadow shot was very much kind of like, oh, you weren't a half looking for the other the whole time. You were already bigger than a whole, kind of, truthfully. Right. Right? And yeah, because that's, that's my problem with that mentality, mm-hmm. is that I feel like a fucking complete person, and I'm married, but that doesn't mean I view my husband as my other half. That is not how I view our relationship. I don't think that's how he views our relationship. Like, we are each our separate person, and we complement each other as a partnership, but I don't need him to exist, right? Like, that's not... Right, totally. There's (laughs) that, um, there's, like, Elijah and Alanis Morissette song that's one and one make two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and also, kind of... It's a very, it's like a fairy tale trope almost, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like we're all kind of like fed that um, from, you know, for always and forever since a young age. Yep. Um, that you got to be like looking for that connection, and I don't know the song at the beginning that is talking about that kind of like yeah. how we we came from being connected and now we're dispersed, and so now we're trying to find our way back. I think it was a really mm-hmm. interesting form like, that like the gods. The got separated, right, separated us, us. Right. and so we got to find our way back. But I feel like, kind of as the story went on, it was more so like, you're. It's true, like as an individual, you're separate. But like the people that come into your world, kind of like, you help them understand parts of themselves. They help you understand parts of themselves. Yeah, totally. And so it's not about like finding the perfect person that will like magically like, you know fit into the parts that you feel are broken it's more like you get to like have the opportunity to like find those parts and you can make choices once you like know they're there kind of deal like the collective experience makes you whole yeah exactly we're all doing that like and we're all helping each other with that but it's not like you're actually gonna miss out because I think that um 
the relationship with Tommy could have been kind of like construed in a way of like you know if only he was more accepting then right. like they could be with their perfect halves but that's the piece it's like no no like if that were true your perfect half would not see you that way you know what uh-huh. I mean right. and like when she and also she was kind of like there, there was one of that too kind of in this this story about like envying others and like wanting wanting to be them or wanting to be on them and having that conflated a little bit yeah I agree which I think is a really human feeling like yeah. that I don't know like the part of like wanting to be them like put like to wanting to like do I want to be on you or like with like I can't tell like that's a really human thing that I feel like everyone mm-hmm. of course is felt at some like point in time yeah but yeah that came up a lot and again into that kind of like mirroring of like I'm seeing something I wish I was in you or I'm seeing a part of myself in right, you and right yeah I'm gonna well go ahead but I'm gonna use this to divert us but yeah good yeah, well, yeah, and I, I think the other piece of that, too, is uh, when gender is brought up again, and, you know, I think um, Hedwig and understanding her gender, both as a trans woman, when she chooses to, you know, dress in, uh, you know, I don't women clothing or whatever, and versus, um, you know, when she, in the end, when she's uh, open about, like, dressing not with wigs and like uh, kind of embodying that right that she's not trying to be male femme. Hormone. Yeah. yeah exactly mm-hmm. and and then her singer the other singer in the band as gets well gets the wig right which i want to come back to yes. yeah exactly where we're going we're going, okay, we're going on the Yitzhak train great. well Yitzhak is a character in the relationship but mm-hmm. yes. it all is together yeah well, i feel like wigs symbolize something too and i feel like they symbolize identity in this a little bit um, I don't know if that's your guys' perception at all. I wrote that down at one point, but um, it seemed like that was a really big moment when Hedwig gives up her wig. The blonde wig. Which, right. The blonde wig, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And uh, and then, you know, he takes it and then personifies, you know, the what he has kind of been envisioning this whole time, which is basically being Hedwig. And, right? Like, totally. I, that's what I think. Yeah. I don't know. Totally. Or, like, being the star. Yeah. So... Right. Um, for a long time, like, I didn't really understand the Yitzhak, uh, like, relationship arc. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys had questions about that. Um, I mean, from just the one viewing, I mean, from their first interaction, I was like, ooh, she is the, em- like, he's the embodiment of, like, wanting to, like, wanting to be with and wanting to be that person. And, yeah. like, like, very much wants the stardom. They, like, you know... Itzhak wants to be the headliner, wants mm-hmm. to be the one with all the attention, right? Uh, yeah. And, like, it seemed, like, very much attached to the, like, <clears throat> the physical attributes and kind of, like, the performative costuming that came along with that with, you know, that's when you get to be in the center stage is when you get to, like, right. wear that. And, and then also, too, like, how when he got the role in Rent mm-hmm. and then uh, Hedwig t- 
tore up his passport and like wouldn't let him do it. Like would like yeah, wouldn't allow him. Move. Right? Like Not that cool. like I like, like Phyllis only one is he can like lose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think like, you need my what? help anymore, you right? know? Like that. Yeah. Like full diva, and like there's not enough. sizes up the situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. that there's not enough um, I, attention and stardom to go around. Mm-hmm. Like, and... Right. Yeah. I yeah. view it as a role reversal, too. That, to me, I think is what it's... What was his? Yitzhak? Yitzhak. Okay. That is what that character embodies for me, um, is that... Hedwig has been this person who has been powerless for a really long time, and in all of the relationships, even with Tommy, I would say, mm-hmm. she still was powerless um, in a lot of ways. Uh, and I think that Yitzhak, unfortunately, gets the other end of Hedwig and has Hedwig being the one who's like, mm, this is what we're doing, and you're my, kind of like you're my puppet, and yeah. you're my plaything mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, we see that in their intimate yes, scenes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Where, like, you know, like, oh, God's not at all. Not, not into down. it. Not like, into staring it. staring off into space. I'm like, oh, my God, why are you guys even in the same bed right now? This is so terrible. Mm-hmm. With, like, the entire band sleeping around them. Oh, yeah. God. Yep. Yep. Oh. Yeah, it's, I mean, that is, like, so there's, like, some um, bonus scenes in, like, the DVD where it shows a little and like again Hedwig's not a like reliable narrator <laughs> and and the beauty of this and I think also it's kind of like leaves you wanting more is that it's so succinct and it like it moves things along so quickly and in an effective way where you like kind of glean most of the information mm-hmm. but like of course a lot is left for interpretation mm-hmm. um and so the Yitzhak Hedwig relationship is really indicative of that where so in this bonus content, it shows Yitzhak as a drag queen in like some like Czech dive bar or something, mm-hmm. you know, some Middle East, uh, not Middle Eastern, <laughs> Eastern European, Eastern European, um, like dive bar, um, and then they end up getting married. For, and it's been a really long time since I've seen that bonus footage, but um, yeah. something about like they, you know, they end up getting married. Um, so when Yitzhak is like, I want to divorce from you, you know, right. Like, so they're married, but like Yitzhak's a woman and doesn't necessarily like in the same way that Hedwig was forced into being transsexual. Uh Like she's kind of had that as well with Hedwig. See, I mm-hmm. fucking knew it. I was yeah. like, this feels like a role reversal absolutely to totally, me. Totally. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That was my read on the situation for sure, and that just confirms it for me. <laughs> it took me, like, and, like, it took me a long time to figure out that Yitzhak was a woman, and, like, I, I kind of always I, was just, like, so enthralled with everything else I never delved into it but I just yeah, I questioned that left the me perplexed for a while. like I I was like I'm pretty sure this character is being played by a woman but mm-hmm. I don't know if if that's the character intentionality is, yeah yeah right exactly. exactly like and I couldn't tell if it was like a play on it yeah right or not exactly. yeah, yeah and yeah. I think also too them like kind of leaving choosing to leave some of like that stuff out is kind of feeds into this component of like this is Hedwig's story Hedwig is only going to tell the parts that Hedwig deems the audience will, you know, like, connect with and feel, make her look sympathetic, you know? Like, because everyone's the hero of their own story. True. And again, how, like, Hedwig feels like such a real human. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, the stuff with Yitzhak show, because people who have been, you know, like, 
made powerless by others often unless you do a lot of work like enact that uh pattern with a role reversal so they get to feel powerful yep. right at some point yeah and so that's i mean i thought those interactions were like very realistic where it's mm-hmm, like totally. yeah the yeah. fact that power was brought up so early on in the story yes, too i was like this is gonna come back I yes. <laughs> yeah. also listen when you're sitting down to record a podcast and you're watching a movie you make sure you're paying attention. Yes, exactly. You're watching it's with, true. with it's a lot true. of intention and a lot of, like, <laughs> let let me read into this an analysis, kind of. That's at least how I've been approaching this one, but, for yeah. For sure, for sure. It is different to be on this end. I feel like you and I were way less talkative during watching it because we're just trying to, like, take it in true. a little bit, right? True. And, like, ah, okay. And that's why I was like, you know, I, I think that the reaction video is not really the meat of this, like... <laughs> Because and like, I think it's about just it too us of like how you two are so in love with Star Wars and like you take one pass at it and it's hard to develop any kind of like sense of uh, like connection to it really. Yeah. But like and then I think about how you know even amping up this week you know I like started listening to the soundtracks at work you know like. Mm-hmm. Um, and custard rumors maybe heard them too. And I'm definitely sure that like this guy who works for my dad who's like worked for him forever who's real ornery and like mm. and <laughs> he absolutely like heard some fucking like transsexual rock bellowing from my side and was like this motherfucker <laughs> this, this girl, girl. <laughs> his like ringtone for his phone is like a motorcycle engine revving oh rap revving I see. So. That's funny. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I just, I think about how. And this kind of came up. Like, oh, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) That would be my art installation. Like, Hedwig and the Angry Inch performing at the ski shop. At the ski shop? (laughs) During, like, the busiest time of the year. Snow falling down, angry white people. to them kind of mm-hmm. um 
and then you watch it a lot really oh, yeah. impacts how you like when so like this is the first time you're seeing it and like yeah. it's a lot to take in yeah absolutely it which is. is why we're like the whole time while we were watching it I'm, we're just like oh my god oh god there's a lot I feel like my hands are over my face a lot during it and like yeah. like this and then Bree did her reveal and I was like ah yeah, yeah. It's, a lot of things uh, yeah but it's just yeah. like it's so magical too and yeah like, just the visual wonderland that it is is I every time I see it I just think and the music I mean that is such a huge huge component yeah totally. of this and like making this narrative come to life and like Absolutely. yeah and I so we haven't talked about the music like yeah, at so all let's get into it <laughs> I, it's technically a musical it's a musical absolutely a musical and I'm so bad that Stephen Trask does not feel like he got the credit he is due. Yeah, that's such a bummer. I mean, the the music is what makes this so dynamic. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I loved the music in this. I thought it was very much like punk rock opera and I was there for it. (laughs) But like, not too... uh, You know, like, it's not Tommy and it's not Rocky Horror and it's like... No, no. It's just got this voice that feels so... Feels so much more relatable in a lot yeah. of ways to me. I feel like I, it's just so genuine. That's totally, what I keep coming back to. Totally. I feel like a component of that, like, so, like, musicals as an art form, right, there's a lot of suspending disbelief when mm-hmm. you get into them, because obviously in real life, no one just breaks out into song. Like, yeah. Side note, my grandmother thought, like, that was how things happened when you were an adult, when she was a kid, what? and wondered, like, when human, like, when do people because, like, in the movies, like, everyone has the same, like, is doing the steps right, and everyone knows all the rules. God bless you, Grandma. Wow. So, anyway. I want to live that life. Yeah, right? <laughs> I want to live that life, too. Why isn't everyone dancing? dancing. Right. So Why when, doesn't anyone know the same steps? <laughs> right? It's just like, she was just like, I don't understand. Like, when do they practice? Um, which is oh, adorable. That uh, is adorable. How old was she when that? Oh, a kid. You know, like, five or six. Like, that was, pretty yeah. Rad. I'm pretty sure I probably had that belief at some point right? in time, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure that totally. happened. Totally. And so... Well, and maybe if, like, musicals were your first love, which I'm sure for us it uh, was. Musicals was were definitely my first love. Was, <laughs> mine was Annie. Mine was oh, probably boy. Wizard of Oz. Oh. Yep. That yeah. was mine. That was yours, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like... Because... And that's another piece, too. Like, I can't really remember... Like, yeah. But, like, musicals as a... I don't know, a type of movie is, like, kind of gone by the wayside a little bit, right? Like, yeah. I feel like when we were younger... It's coming back again. It is coming back. There's well, been a resurgence. Like, as this? per usual. Since Moulin Rouge, I feel like there's oh, been a resurgence. That's true. But, yeah. That's true. That was it definitely like, died for a while, though. Yeah. That yeah. was... Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was... Maybe 2000. No, I think it was early 2000s. Yeah. 2003, maybe? Two, Something like yeah. No, I think was, that's... No, I think it was 99. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it's around that time, though. Yeah, it was For sure. Yeah, Baz. Yeah, I know. I wish him and John Cameron Mitchell would do (gasps) something. Hedwig, anything. (laughs) Oh my God, that would be wonderful. Hang out, holy shit. Because his, because Baz's. Oh, although Great Gatsby, I I feel like was not. I feel like something, but I I think it was Stephen Trask on the music. Yeah, and I was gonna say still cinematically beautiful. I think Great Gatsby, but yeah, I think lacking in the music. And and his soundtracks are like what makes his fucking movies. Yeah, the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Yeah, fucking 
Yep. Game changer. Yep. <laughs> Even though, yeah, I didn't love that rendition of Romeo and Juliet because the Chaucer does play the book. Um, I don't care for that play in general. That um, place, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I would take the Baz Luhrmann over this Shakespeare one any day. Oh my god. Shakespeare. The music, uh, the outfits, I could get Claire Danes, Leo, Mercutio. <laughs> I don't. That's all I need. Mercutio Fine. singing Young Hearts Run Free. Uh, <laughs> die. I die. Paul Rudd in an astronaut uniform? Ah! Uh, if, <laughs> if that Romeo and Juliet meets Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Do it. Baby. Do it. Oh, love it. It's a love it. child. It's happening. Get yeah. on it, guys. Right. Get on it. Please. No, but I was just going to say that, like, musicals uh, are kind of, like, the music is kind of always, like, put onto the human experience that's happening. Right. Whereas in this one, like, performance, and so therefore the music is such an integral part to how Hedwig, like, operates in the world. Yep. So it's very ingrained. Like, it doesn't at all feel like... Okay, and now it's time for like, you know, it's been ten minutes. Time for a musical number. Like yeah. it feels very like natural and organic. So as like the medium the is reflecting the story that's being told and yeah. it's like informing each other. Yeah, which is yeah, it's, very. Uh, it's because just all really her, well done. <laughs> all of her songs are storytelling songs that are yes. about her past or about her current situation and like her belief structure. Yeah, essentially. that's that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. And so I feel like it's it's cohesively telling a story throughout and she tells it through song in her performative spaces right so that's yeah. i think how it can be so cohesive so just like fluid and well mapped mm-hmm. love 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 yeah because it is it's like all ingrained and all informed and nothing yeah. feels like out of place or forced or like right it's just very tight and yeah i also when i wrote like three notes for this guy is because i was just like so like in it um but the first thing i wrote down was how the and i love this i love like visual storytelling that does this where it just throws you into the action and yeah it trusts your it trusts you it trusts the audience to like catch up and it creates that it's a, I love you know, it's not a hand holder. Exactly. So yeah, that. exactly. It's a natural yeah, tool to like get people invested and yep. also to pay attention, but yep. it's also like, yeah, like, and yeah, for Hedwig, it's just like she just shows up right. and like you are suddenly in her world. And yep. so like you just need to pay attention because yeah. like the the force is happening. Like, this train is <laughs> yeah, going. Train exactly. is you better be on it or bye. Well, well you're like, already on it because you're here. Yeah. So. That's true. Yeah. Life doesn't stop. There is no start point or end point. Yeah. It is just a fluid cohesion, you know? And that's what I like about it, too. Totally. Yeah, because we just, like, jumped into her, like, being late for a gig. And, like... Yep. <laughs> and then just, like, the Tossing fucking wings her umbrella. Up. Yep. Yeah, those, like... Come home with me, Yankee. Yeah, wings With, like, up. a swastika, which I had not oh, actually gosh. noticed until this watch, and I was like... <gasps> You're all like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, I totally missed that. Me, too. Oh, I totally I, did. Oh, not, I mean, I mean, it's fucking there. There was a choice made. I'm not really sure why, but I mean, other than like to be provocative. I mean, I feel like yeah, and I mean, her yeah. coming from East Berlin and her mom, you know, being like Jesus and Hitler, same guy. <laughs> and it's just like, um, yeah, that oh yeah, that comparison <laughs> threw me for a loop. <laughs> I was not prepared for that one. I was like, uh, all right, uh, uh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, all right, oh. I was like, all right, well, we are just watching this movie. That is what is happening now. (laughs) It's true. That, like, I mean, it is kind of, the pacing of it is pretty incredible, where it just, like, 
you're there, you're in it, it's happening, but, like, mm-hmm. Tommy doesn't show, like, the main kind of thing like, doesn't show up until, right, like, yeah. you're, like, over halfway done with the movie. Mm-hmm. Totally, because he is But there's, like, like, little snippets and little, like, knowledge yeah. drops. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you pick him. that up in that first scene when um, Yitzhak is, like, trying to, like, be intimate with Hedwig? And then oh, and she won't and she, the song she comes on. Well, oh, Tommy yeah, comes yeah, yeah. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's like, why don't you just write another song? Uh, yeah. I definitely picked that up. Yeah. And was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, bad. But girl. you're like, I have no idea what this relationship yeah, is. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, like And like, this, like, I don't know. Like, the intimacy is so interesting in, like, the kissing, but, or not kissing, and mm-hmm. kind of like, Hedwig so badly wants this, you know, like, connection with her other half and yet like continually is with people that cannot or don't want to be connected to her and she also doesn't fully want to be connected to them either it's just a very like yeah not quite like well yeah yeah. it's interesting I feel like Luther was an interesting kind of component to that too because he did want her but him. I think he wanted, he wanted him. He wanted Hansel. him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And the, yeah, I don't know. He that wanted was... Hansel, but the only way he could have Hansel and the way that he, you know, like I assume because he's getting shipped back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. and then Hansel sees that his way out of Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's and interesting. Again, you know, because academia is over. Yeah, totally. Oh. Yeah, but, but I, I think there was not a desire to be Hedwig. Well, right, that it wasn't innate, and uh, right, innately that wasn't, like, right. deep down, and Hansel was, like, trying to be Hedwig breaking Hansel out. Hansel just wanted to be fucking Hansel. And then, but Hansel adapted and was like, alright, fuck it. And then once Luther leaves, that's when kind of this, like, performative, yeah, like, I, was gonna I am say, that's when the identity really in comes in. To this identity, yeah. exactly. And the identity is derived from, like, the anthro-rock gods, you know? <laughs> Because that is the formative shit in the oven. Totally. Literally in the oven. That's very true. (laughs) You are correct. That's funny. I didn't totally tie that together. And that, I mean, that's like, in the end, like, the, he's, he's the epitome. He's his whole, finally. Mm -hmm. Because he's, like, bridged all of the things that have come on him. Totally. (laughs) Yep. Like at right? the end. That Love that too. play on words. Yeah. Love it. But that's like the line in it. Like yeah. It, like, yeah, I liked that too. Those who have come on me. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Hi. Well, and at the very end too, there was a moment where I doubted Tommy even truly existed. I was like, was this oh. all just like this internal thing of like yeah. this person trying to like I can one hundred percent see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely. Like, Wait, have have you been a Tommy the whole time? Right. Like, I had this moment. I was like, yeah. Like, no. Like, wait a minute, is this a like a psycho situation? Yeah, like, exactly. Is this called back right now? Like, what is happening? Oh, no. Like, he was the mother the whole time. Yeah. Um, I feel like the song Midnight Radio, which is the last song when he's the andro, mm-hmm. um, is like it's such a perfect like bow on this package. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it just really like wraps it all up, like it makes its peace, and like oh god, the like hand touching with Yitzhak, and like yeah. being like you know like Yitzhak yeah. thinks I have to put the wig on him, right? Oh, and right. he's like kind of resigned no. himself, yeah. And, like okay, like for the greater good, right? Right. 
Because Yitzhak is like a team fucking player. Yeah. I know, but then... And then he's like, no, no. You got this. Yeah. And like, you take the wig. Oh, just so subtle, like, oh, and Yitzhak eyes the whole time. Oh, I, uh, I just, like, I don't see how it could read without that stuff. And so that's why I'm like, the stage productions, I'm like, you don't, you would not get any of that. Oh, of, like, the clothes. It's true. Like, like, the facial, the facial expressions, expressions are so expressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they convey I, so much information that you're not getting from the storyline, right? Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the shot choices, too, I think oh, are very, gosh. very John conscious. John Mitchell, I very well might done. be a dick in real life, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I... But you're like, well, he's very artistically the, inclined, and he has a clear so vision. Yeah, yeah, and, like, mm-hmm. I believe that it's his vision. Yeah. And even with, like, so we talked earlier about, you know, the strategic, like, showing yeah. half mm-hmm. the face. And so when Tommy, like, shows up for the gig in the TCBY with, like, her other patrons that, you know, yeah. she's clearly <laughs> serves. And the her bands, all the Korean sergeant wives. Mm-hmm. Yep. We haven't even talked about them. <laughs> I want to, like... I could watch Girl. a whole movie about like their escapades. Right, I know. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> time. I would be there for that. Um, yeah, maybe that's the movie that Boz in. Uh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> John Carey Mitchell did. <laughs> Guys, we have JCM. So, and, like, so Tommy's face is, like, obscured by the plant, and, mm-hmm. like, and that happens a number of other times, but, I mean, that just, like, and coinciding that with, like, the iconic animation for it, of, mm-hmm. like, this face mm-hmm. and the tattoos, oh, my God. It's just so tight, like, there's no, there's no wasted time, right. there's no... Yeah, I agree. Right? Like, and... Well edited. Well, good job super editor. Super well edited. Holy cow, like, some of those transitioned, I was like, God damn like yeah there were no cross dissolves in this one you guys which was great it's a welcome relief it's like oh thank god we're not watching star wars anymore no cross fades yeah no (laughs) weird dissolves great fonts yeah yeah god great jobs all the way through yeah i think that's opening credits so magical yeah they were i mean i'm always a sucker for um character based like I like character growth. I getting I like getting to know characters, mm-hmm. but then also mm-hmm. when it's all very well executed, where it's like clearly everyone involved with this film was yep. firing on all cylinders. Everyone cared clearly. Yeah, like you can just tell. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah, it was very cohesive for yeah. sure. Yeah, good job. Just really well done. Good yes. job. I'm I'm pretty relieved. I mean, I figured, but. <laughs> You never know. Yeah. What yeah, is you that? You're not to be Trump like... voters when you don't expect it. And... <laughs> and you're just like, huh, <sighs> that's adulthood, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when you started watching Buffy, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, just make it to the second season. You didn't have to just <laughs> But you also, know, like, it's, cool. it's totally in my era of things that I'm into. It's so true. it's a pretty easy sell to exactly. get the first season. Exactly. That's very true. That's but, very true. Yeah, but it is when you, love, when you love something so much, and it has, like, been a part of you understanding yourself and like finding out new parts of yourself right like other people sharing it is kind of like oh like you know because it feels a little bit like totally you're exposing a vulnerability of yourself right. yeah, yeah for sure Absolutely. and it's something that like they might they'll never relate to in the same way that you relate totally. to it totally. which is 
finally got to where I was trying to go like an hour ago. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, like this Star Wars, you know, and like yes. you know, this is my Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how this actually is Spaceballs, Spaceballs is, is my Star, Star Wars. <laughs> and yeah. Classic. Oh, um, I, I don't think I'll ever love Star Wars as much as I love Spaceballs. <laughs> That's fair though, because I don't. I feel like if I if I watched Star Wars for the first time now, I would not love it as much. Right? Like I couldn't. Because yeah. there's no possible there's way. There's no I would. possible yeah. way. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So same with Harry Potter. If I didn't read that shit growing up, there is no way I would love it as much now. Absolutely. No way. Absolutely. Because yeah, it is. When it, yeah, the stories were, I don't know, that we connect with in formative years are, yeah, powerful. That's powerful. It's exactly well, right. I'm the formative this, years, yeah. This is... This is your... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it just... I, yeah, this feels like just such a beautiful nugget of life that, mm-hmm. like, somehow fucking happened. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, right? in all reality... This no, it's is amazing. The this guy. Absolute, yeah. That this was right. like a feature mm-hmm. film that made three point six million at the box office. Like that seems like a fucking win to me. Yeah. Two thousand one. Yeah. The fact yeah. that it got made. Yeah. Like because I, there are so many things. That I was gonna say the fact that it got, got made, made. Period. And that I it think and is got great. released. Well, and this like, is like yeah. you know, Tu Wong Fu has the same uh-huh. kind of deal where like everyone just involved somehow was like... <laughs> people were like, yeah, we're gonna fucking make this, and you know, like a. Yeah. reputable feature film company. It's not like some indie right. company. It was yeah. like... And did this get a wide release? If Yeah, feature film. Nice. Nice. Well, See, there's plenty of feature films. That I don't know what I don't know what the difference is on that. Okay, like, yeah, I mean, because like, sometimes they'll do yeah. localized releases and we'll just release it in, like, I big don't cities. think it was, like, a big city release. I think it was, you know, like, nation... I think it was... Well, because it was at Sundance. Okay. I do know that. Yep. There's a lot of stuff that goes to Sundance. It doesn't never ever come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't really know no, that that's world of things. That's but fine. Don't worry about it. It was at Sundance. People were into it. Nice. <laughs> People were down. <laughs> I. It definitely happened in New York. <laughs> it definitely hit all major cities. I think I can say that. I feel like it hit other cities. Nice. I didn't see yeah. it until it was, you know. Oh. I didn't see it in the theater. Right. Yeah. Totally. I feel, too, though, that kind of those little nuggets, like, that kind of lends itself to the cult following thing, right? You yeah, know? totally. That this fucking, like, literally after 9-11, like, pretty immediately after. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Yeah. That was a hard time for, for media in general. I mean, for everything yep. in general. Yes. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. 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 Very true. Totally. Mm-hmm. We had what we thought was the dumbest president in charge. <sighs> Nothing like uh, hindsight. Um, <laughs> hindsight. Oh, Lord. Well, folks. Yeah, I think we should wrap it up. Um, thank you, Brie. Yeah. Awesome. You, awesome choice. Excellent suggestion. Hedwig, I love you. <laughs> we guys, all love we, uh... John Cameron Mitchell, Stephen Trask... Great I job, cannot team. thank the gods enough for you. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Or the Hedwigs enough. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are gonna get into the prequels next, guys. Mm. Come, come with us. We'll. <laughs> the 
So episodes one, two, and three, yeah. Phantom Menace, we're coming for you. So what if Baz Luhrmann and John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask just did Star Wars the musical? Just redid. I mean, I'm not mad at that idea. Yeah, right? And like Hedwig is Darth Vader or something. Oh, man. <laughs> Into it. That There would definitely be a motive cape work for that. Seriously, they have the yeah. same level of drama. Yes. Like, Yes. Or like Hedwig and Darth Vader meet in the afterlife, have a whole. I don't know. There's a lot of spaces, lots of planets out there. Mm-hmm. As per usual, for Hedwig and Vader. Brie comes with a fanfic idea out of it. <laughs> 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 um, oh, but yeah, this was our happened there. <laughs> the fuckery, the, sh- the straight fuckery. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna come back to after this wonderful, magical little sidestep from Star Wars. We'll we'll tackle the prequels next. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, join us. All right, team. Thank Adios. you. Bye. Listen to Hedwig. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. Bye. Thanks for listening, y'all. You can follow us on Instagram at wait, you haven't seen that. And also check out our website for some sweet, sweet merch. And if you want to see the circus in action, become a Patreon member for exclusive reaction videos and extra Princess Tegan content. If y'all were here for the shitstorm that was our pod, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Tegan Wu sure would appreciate it.